0: Hey, 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 Charger fans! You're listening to Bolt Rate, an LA Chargers podcast. Yeah, baby, yeah. Yeah! Here's your host, Moses Marquez. Get a round of applause. What's going on there, Bolt fans, Bolt Nation? Welcome to the preview edition for week nine going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. As you heard from the guy, I'm your host, Moses Marquez. Let's just jump right into this and we get right into it by starting with the injury report, which honestly does not look good for the Chargers. Uh, But I'm going to start with the Eagles as they are only out one player, and that is a wide receiver. I'm not even going to mention him because it doesn't even matter. But for the Chargers, we have two starters out and a guy that showed up as a backup. Another guy is looking doubtful, and he's been a key rotational player for us. But I want to talk about the two starters out first. Number one, we got Michael Davis, and then we got Asante Samuel Jr. Asante is in the concussion protocol, so he did not clear it. He will be out for another week, and Michael Davis is dealing with a hamstring injury. He did leave in the middle of last week's game with said hamstring injury. So that means that for sure, Chris Harris Jr. is going to probably start on the outside. And the thing that has made this even more, I guess, worrisome is Tavon Campbell, a guy that looked to be probably getting the start, all of a sudden popped up on the injury report as questionable as he is now battling a groin injury, which means we could see the likes of Keeman Hall out there starting, or maybe even Ryan Smith getting the start on the outside corner. I would not be surprised if maybe they decided they wanted to use Mark Webb in that situation. Mark Webb is a guy that uh they drafted in the seventh round. I feel like he's definitely gonna be getting some use today, as you know, we are definitely going to be more than likely out of one of our key backups in Alohi Gilman. He tends to take over the strong safety spot if they decide to move Derwin around. And trust me, with these injuries, they plan to move Derwin around, so I would not be surprised at all to see either Trey Marshall up in safety or Mark Webb up in safety. And I can see either one of those guys being a benefit. But again, this is something that the Eagles, I'm sure, plan to take advantage of. And that depends if they could actually throw it a lot. They didn't throw it too, too much in their game against the Lions as they were too busy running all over them, which is just something that scares me like nobody's business because the reality is, is them running like crazy is the Chargers kryptonite, our run defense. Not very good this year. Again, Chargers are last in league in a rush defense. And the lovely Philadelphia Eagles ran for a combined 236 yards between five runners. 43 attempts. They had four touchdowns on the ground and rushed for an average of 5.5 yards a carry. Jalen Hurts, their quarterback, had four carries for 71 yards. Again, they had two running backs go for two touchdowns apiece. Both had 12 carries apiece. Jordan Howard, Boston Scott. Jordan Howard had 57 yards. Boston Scott had 60 yards. They had a couple of end rounds where they brought in the wide receiver who had two rushing yards in Ranger. He had 21 yards. And uh, Kenneth Gainwell had 13 rushes for seven Or 27 yards, excuse me. So the point of the matter is run defense is our number one important thing to focus on going into this game because we do not want to be ran all over. By no means do we want to be ran all over. Now, I'm not saying that Jalen Hurts can't complete his passes. He only threw 14 last week against the Lions, but he did complete nine of them. For 103 yards. He can get pressured. So there are there are some quirks to this whole thing here. And that's where I feel we need to take advantage of some of this stuff. Like there are... One of their big weaknesses that the Eagles have is their left tackle has given up two sacks this year. And he is a guy that he either wins or he loses big. And so with that, I'm saying it's time to incorporate different schemes, different guys rushing off of the left and right side, allowing to have some mismatches, some misdirection, some absolute confusion. I need disguise blitzes. You know, Kenneth Murray seems to be active for this game. He seems to be on his way. And there has been rumors that he has been taking snaps at edge. He did that at Oklahoma. Having him come off the edge is a different dynamic. People have not studied against him coming off of the edge. He could win in just the unfamiliarity alone and cause havoc. Again, Jalen Hurts can run. There is no denying that. But the point of the matter is, is getting pressure allows us to constantly get in his face. a Make him scramble. Make him have to run. Shutting down that passing attempt. If he runs to the outside, there are guys like Derwin James out there, Nasir Adderley out there. They're going to make tackles. Chris Harris Jr. is one of our better run defensive tacklers. Having him escape will not be a bad thing. So I highly suggest if Kenneth Murray is active, not only should he get some snaps in the middle, him and Drew Trak will trade in spots because I feel like they're, they're both equal in the run defense department, but he also needs some snaps off the edge. He needs to be a blitzer because that is something he does very well. Another thing I feel needs to happen, I have already talked about it, and that's Joey Bosa going back to the edge position. No longer, or excuse me, the defensive end position. No longer playing this quote-unquote edge position where he may drop into coverage and may not drop into coverage. Right now, my quote-unquote fantasy Defensive line includes of Kenneth Murray, Linval Joseph, Justin Jones, and Joey Bosa. And then what you have is you can have Kyler Fackrell come in and play Joey Bosa's edge position because he's used to going into coverage. He's had interceptions in the past. You know, he's used to playing in that position role. Giving him more snaps won't exactly hurt him. I'm sure he can take it. And then on the other side of Kenneth Murray, you have Ucheta DeWosu who again, who you stand up, who has played that position before, can rush off the edge and has actually been prominent in rushing off of the edge while standing up, not only because he did it in college, but he had the advantage looking better than Melvin when Melvin was the guy taking the grunt from the left tackles. Just saying, if we could go back to some of what was working last year, I know this is a new defense, but it could help what's going on this year. Just saying, just saying, It's a good possibility. So we flip it now, and we go to the offensive side. The Chargers have one great advantage to take advantage of here, and I said advantage twice, maybe three times now, and I may have said this whole thing in the beginning because I don't remember because I don't have notes for this one. We're just rambling on today. This is half of what Bolt Rant is. Sometimes we're just here to rant. And that lovely advantage the Chargers should full-blown attempt to take advantage of is the fact that the... The Philadelphia Eagles actually have one of the worst run defenses in the league. Now, granted, it's not as bad as ours, but it is still pretty bad. Now, they don't give up a bunch of yards. They have given up 100 yards uh, to either multiple rushers, if not one rusher, in three of the eight games this season. But the thing that has been bad for them and something that looks very good for us is they have given up two rushing touchdowns in five out of the eight games this season Austin Eckler dying to come back and do what he does best so I would not be surprised if a team like this he looks at it chomps at the bit and goes gets two rushing touchdowns and over 100 yards something that could happen we won't know until we get to the bowl predictions but it's Something that definitely needs to be taken advantage of. Again, we know that Justin Jackson is going to be out. So the number two running back spot is back to competition. And it's going to be probably a nice combination of Josh Kelly and Larry Roundtree. One of them needs to make a breakaway move in this game. This is a prime game to do it in. Again, the Eagles give up rushing touchdowns. What's more impressive, yards or touchdowns? It's touchdowns, baby. One other change I feel needs to be made is a move to the right tackle. Somebody needs to take over the right tackle spot, and that only person can be right now besides somebody off the free agent market is Matt Filer. Matt Filer last week had our the best pass-blocking grade amongst our offensive line, amongst the five starting offensive linemen. He would easily slide into the right tackle spot and be an anchor, allowing Herbert to get more time to throw. Some people say that that's too drastic. There is nobody there ready to take the left guard spot, and I have three guys that could take over the left guard spot. The first and obvious name has been a guy that I said in the last episode, if you just listen to that, and it's a name that's been thrown around since he was drafted this year, and that is Brendan Jaimes, former left tackle guy had i believe started 30 games 40 games something like that at the university of wisconsin at left tackle he is a staple and he can do well so if you play him at left guard i feel it's an easy transition for him but again as i've stated in the last episode coach staley doesn't exactly have all the confidence in the world in him he feels that he is still a project to be he does not want to rush his progress so Say so that's option one. Off the board option two is the newly signed Semini Clemente. Samino Clemente. i butchering your name every time, my man, and I apologize. But he has experience starting at both left and right guard. Some for the Seahawks, some for the 49ers. I even remember playing against him, I believe, in the preseason, into the regular season. He's a guy that can start if need be. If, say, you need somebody to take over the right guard spot so Schofield can be your new left guard, then you can do that. That is option number three, having Michael Schofield be your starting left guard. All those lead to Matt Filer moving to the right tackle spot. Because the reality of the matter is is Storm Norton has given up way too many pressures this season. He's also given up too many sacks. It's too much for Herbert. It's making him having to rush, force throws, and this is why we're getting overthrows. This is why we're getting drop passes. He's having to fireball stuff in there. So we know that Brian Bulaga went down week three and uh, Storm Norton has been pretty much starting ever since then. And during that time, he's given up two sacks, seven quarterback hits, and worst of all, 23 quarterback hurries and 32 total pressures. That is quite a big number. Now, his two worst days came against Dallas and against New England, where he gave up nine pressures against Dallas, four hits, and five hurries. And against New England, he gave up eight hurries and eight pressures. Now, granted, he did not give up a sack in either one of those games, and yet it was... Nothing was working for him, constantly being beat. The week prior, against Baltimore, he gave up a sack, gave up three hurries, four pressures. The point of the matter is, is he has become... He went from being the guy that I praise of saying he could quite possibly be our swing tackle, no problem, to he unfortunately needs to be replaced for the time being. Having him play in situational plays, fine. Having him play as an extra blocker, fine. But this, this is unacceptable. We can't have it. We, we, it's not something that they, it just, Oi, I can't, I can't even express how bad it really is because the matter, the truth of the matter is, is it's bad. We need better help on the offensive line. Okay, so we've talked about some pros, some cons. We've talked about what we could do to address some things and move forward. Now let's talk about some keys to victory. Number one key to victory is the same number one key to victory as it was last week and probably the week before and the week before, and God only knows. Stop the rush. Tackle the ball carrier. If we can make that one, that is what it is. The reality of the matter is, is like I've already stated, the Eagles ran for four rushing touchdowns while barely getting over... I don't know, almost 250 total rushing yards against the Lions, okay? This Chargers defense is a lot better than that Lions defense, even with all the injuries going in. But the only way that these guys can be stopped is if they are tackled. Jordan Howard is one heck of a guy to bring down, and Boston Scott is very slippery. Jalen Hurts is deceptively fast as well. Sure, tackling needs to be numero uno in order to put this team away. You take away their rushing, and you do the thing that I love to say all the time, and that is make a team one-dimensional. Now, a one-dimensional team can still go out there and throw. Jalen Hurts can definitely throw the ball around. And with the fact that we do have some issues in our secondary, it seems to be like the passing could be more of an advantage for them. But the point that they don't get is we have guys out there that are playmakers. Derwin James, Chris Harris Jr., Nasir Adderley. There are playmakers in that secondary. Making this team one-dimensional is that important. Pressure. Getting pressure is number two. It goes coincide with number one. Jalen Hurts does not like pressure. He likes to run when he gets pressure. The one thing that the Lions were able to do in their sad attempt at going against the Eagles last week was they were able to get some pressure on Jalen Hurts, and when they did, he was able to scramble again. He did get 71 yards off of four rushes, but that doesn't mean that getting in his face will not disrupt his throws. He is still a second-year quarterback who may not be fully blown, ready for the NFL as far as take over he is a good player but he may have his issues every second third year player does it happens especially the quarterback position guys can get out of focus they can get rocked by grid by good pressure i literally try to say good and great at the same time by good pressure joey bosa good pressure kenneth murray good pressure drew tranquil good pressure derwin james good pressure getting in his face is important getting in the backfield just as important. Number three, key to victory. Use Austin Eckler like a bell cow. I'm sorry, Austin. I know you can't carry this load, but against this run defense, I think you'll carry the load and somebody else's at the same time. Larry Roundtree and Josh Kelly can come in. They can be complimentary, but the reality is is we have seen them do a whole lot of nothing this season. They can be help, but I believe it is going to be on the back of Austin Eckler for this game to come out on our side. Number four key to victory, my last key to victory, as since I'm no longer worried about special teams as much. Help the right side of the line. The right offensive side of the line is going to have a big test storm norton we just talked about him 34 pressures 23 quarterback hurries he's going against josh sweat who last week got two sacks he is disruptive he has 13 qb hurries on the on the season five qb hits and four sacks okay four sacks storm Norton either needs to step up or they need to provide him help and that's why I say we need to provide him help having possibly Trey McKitty out there big help throwing in Clemente as an extra guard in a tight end position do it they need help because the more comfortable Justin Herbert is in the pocket the better and more simple his throws are when that happens Guys like Mike Williams have a big day. Guys like Keenan Allen have a big day. The Chargers have a big day, and it is their way of getting the dub. Bowl predictions. Let's make it quick. Let's make it snappy. I got three bowl predictions for this one. Bowl prediction number one Joey Bosa gets two sacks on the day. Coming off of the right side coming off of the right side not off of his normal left side again he will be going up against lane johnson lane johnson isn't terrible but lane johnson does not give up sacks however his counterpart jordan malatana i cannot pronounce your name i apologize does give up two sacks he will give up sacks take advantage of the left side being weak for the eagles Full prediction, number two. Austin Eckler rushes for two touchdowns and 120 yards. Rushing, not all purpose, on the ground like a bell cow. Bet you it's going to happen. Full prediction, number three. Justin Herbert throws for two touchdowns. 200 yards as this team and here comes my final prediction goes on to show the Eagles that last week was fun but this is a real NFL team Chargers win this one 31 14 that's it for me guys I'm going to get out of here both of these have dropped on the Sunday before this game. I hope you enjoy them. I hope you love and listen to them over and over and over again. And do, wait a minute. He didn't say the DFS thing in the beginning because I honestly I forgot. But before I get out of here, for you DFS fans that made it all the way through, I got not one, not two, but three DFS lineups for you for games to stack on. Let's make you some money. FanDuel is the platform we play on. Let's get into that before we wrap this up. Okay, so before I get into some lineups, I do want to talk about some players that could have, or be in, I should say, uh, for a good day fantasy-wise. The reason why I say this is, first off, there's a lot going on in the NFL, and then on top of that, there are some teams that honestly just give up points like crazy. So, I want to get into the First, I want to get into a couple of games I want to stack. And the very first game that comes to mind is actually going to be Cincinnati and Cleveland. So the Bengals and the Browns. And the reason I will I love the idea of stacking that game is the Bengals have kind of been on a tear as far as offense as of late. Like, their O-line's not very good, but Justin Burrow is. And his connection with Jamar Chase is just... Something, something be something that is NFL ready, and it's only in their first year. You know what I mean? It's it's just so good, and because of that, they are a great combo to stack. As I'm sitting here on FanDuel, and Justin, Justin, I, my apologies, Joe Burrow is sitting at seventy six hundred dollars, looking like an absolute steal, and then Jamar Chase at seventy nine hundred dollars. So these are two guys that I would consider as a staple they are looking like they're going to have good games so these this is a game worth stacking another game I want to talk about being worth stacking and that's honestly it's something I'm thinking it's going to be worth a stack you do have a brand new quarterback coming in for this one and that's going to be the Green Bay Packers taking on the Kansas City Chiefs backup quarterback being Jordan Love going to see his first NFL action because Aaron Rodgers is out with COVID so The very first guy that that comes to mind with this one is Aaron Jones. And he's a little pricey today. $8,500. But he looks to be like he is the guy. As Kansas City, it gives up lots on the ground. About 4.6 yards of carry. I believe 10 touchdowns. And they've given up 26 26 runs with over 10 plus yards. So, uh, Aaron Jones, a definite guy worth there. And then honestly you can go with Devontae Adams if you want to go expensive because Jordan Love is going to go with Devontae Adams personally I've always thought most backups have a different receiver worth going to and I'm thinking the guy that he's probably worked with a lot is Anthony Lazard and so because of that I picked up Anthony Lazard he's going to save you a bunch of money in your salary cap he's only 5700 bucks so lastly, I do want to just give you guys my lineups and well, let's just start with, I think, probably the more solid of one, one that I feel you, the viewer or the listener, I should say, would feel the most comfortable about. And it's my starting quarterback being Josh Allen, $9,000 on FanDuel. But again, he is going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we just know how good Josh Allen has been. So I'm expecting a good day. He is averaging almost 27 points a game. I would not be surprised if he gets well over that against the Jaguars. Running back number one, I'm going to go with Austin Eckler as he faces the Philadelphia Eagles, who again have one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. $9,000 he is, but again, you're talking about a guy who's going to be catching balls off the backfield and running up the middle. If he can break loose, and we've seen him do it, he can have a very, very big day. A guy I also expect to have a big day, Josh Jacobs, $7,200. He's going up against the New York Giants. Now, he is kind of splitting time with Kenyon Drake, so the idea I want you to think about here is they are both viable, okay? They are both guys that can easily get probably over 50 yards and a touchdown. The good thing about Kenya Drake is he catches the ball, but so does Josh Jacobs. So, again, depending on your salary cap, look at it as you will. I talked about the Cincinnati and Cleveland game. I'm going with Tyler Boyd for this one. $5,900. He is a little more on the lower side as far as receptions. But I feel like if they focus their attention, they being the Browns, focus their attention on on Jamar Chase Tyler Boyd could be in for a very big day Brandon Cooks he has a prime prime game to go into he's going to be going up against the Miami Dolphins, he's $6,800 and he just looks like it's a great matchup that's the thing he is their number one target in Houston and he has a great matchup this could be the game it's not always easy to stack a Buffalo game. Josh Allen normally is a, um, I want to say a, a sure thing, but his receiver core, now that's where it gets tricky. You can go with Gabriel Davis and he could score a touchdown. You can go with Emmanuel Sanders and he could score a touchdown. Stephon Diggs, touchdown Cole Beasley, touchdown. You know, I would have brought in uh, David Knox, but unfortunately he's out. So. With me, personally, I'm going Emmanuel Sanders. He, he had the dud last week, but I feel like he's going to make a comeback this week, especially, again, playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Touchdowns galore, I'm expecting from Josh Allen. That's why he is leading my lineup. But the upside about Emmanuel Sanders, $6,500. My tight end, I talk about this every week because the reality is, is Justin Herbert has a lot of faith in his tight ends and right now Jared Cook is a guy who's been getting more receptions as the weeks go on and he has caught a touchdown in the last three or four games if I'm not mistaken so that's good for us that's good for the Chargers $5,200 that's good for your salary cap in the flex I'm going to stack the Charger game I'm going to go with Keenan Allen Something tells me him on Slay is going to be a good thing. I believe he averages around eight or nine receptions against Darius Slay and somewhere around 140 yards. Darius Slay is a good corner. He has kind of been on the resurgent move ever since going to Philadelphia. I, however, feel that Keenan is on another level as well. Just go doing the whole iron sharpens iron thing going up against Derwin all offseason and Herbert absolutely loves to find him. The dude had 10 targets last week. And honestly, because it's a backup quarterback, and I wanted to get a cheap defense, and this is one of the cheap defenses I feel could do pretty well, and I know I'm going to get immediate backlash, but again, Jordan Love is brand new to the NFL. So I said the Kansas City Chiefs could be a great defense to run against the Green Bay Packers. Let's go into my next lineup for you guys here. And again, we're going to start quarterback. This is a good one. Joe Burrow, $7,600. We already talked about how good that matchup looks like. Aaron Jones, $8,500. Here comes a new player. $5,700. He's going up against the worst run defense in the NFL. Jordan Howard. Two weeks ago, the guy wasn't in the NFL. Last week, he rushes for two touchdowns off of 12 rushing attempts against the Lions. Again, the Chargers have the worst run defense in the NFL. I expect either him or Brian Scott to have success on the ground. We go back to Brandon Cooks being a safe bet, number one target, 6,800 bucks. Jamar Chase, big upside in his game. Stacking him and Joe Burrow for this one, 7,900. Anthony Lazard, 5,700. Jared Cook, 5,200. Able to slide Josh Jacobs in there, 7,200. Went with the guaranteed or the top-notch defense, if you will, in the Buffalo Bills. The last lineup I have, probably my most strategic lineup. I feel like these are guys that are cheaper, that are going to get you good value. I do have one big player in there though, one $9,000 player, but he's actually in my flex. We were able to squeeze him in after doing some moving around because he is such a good value. Joe Burrow, again, 7,600 bucks. You cannot beat that for a guy that has easy top five finishing potential. Then I'm looking at Kenyon Drake. Why Kenyon Drake, you ask? Kenyon Drake is a little bit more involved in the passing game than Josh Jacobs is. Going up against the Giants, I don't expect him to pass, but the Giants do have a tough front four. So changing it up could be a thing. And last week, Drake did have a good day. I talked about how Jordan Howard had two rushing touchdowns against the Lions. Brian Scott also had two rushing touchdowns against the Lions. And he, again, going up against the Chargers' worst rushing defense in the NFL. Byron Scott, $6,300. Absolutely worth the look. He is a steal at that price. Jamar Chase, $7,900. I love the pairing. Sometimes you need to stack games. Quarterback wide receiver combo is a great one. Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow this week, I really don't see a better one. Going back with Brandon Cooks, in comes a new one. Brandon Cooks again, $6,800. New player, a guy that I feel could have a bigger game. Normally his younger counterpart seems to be the guy that gets the brunt of the load, but I think this week could be a little bit different. I'm talking about Adam Thielen. He's coming in at $7,400. Why am I talking about Adam Thielen? What do you mean? They're going up against Baltimore. Baltimore actually has one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. Shockingly, I know. Yes, they manhandled the Chargers. They were able- they are able to shut guys down, but believe it or not, the Vikings have a pretty good offensive line and they have weapons all over the place. I can absolutely see Kirk Cousins getting it to Thieland a lot. And then Thielen being the guy that has the big day. Again, 7400 bucks in your flex. It's not a bad option. He's actually cheaper than Jamar Chase and could be looking at the exact same production as Jamar Chase going into this week. I go back to Jared Cook again. More targets and touchdown in the last two of the three games. He is a guy that he is found normally in the end zone. My big expensive player because I was able to save again on my defense and by the saving of Byron Scott. Austin Eckler, my $9,000 player. He's my guy in my flex. It looks great. Again, they're ranked 30th in run defense, the Eagles are, and Austin Eckler is chomping at the bit to have a good game, to have a better game than he's had. He's ready to break out. This could be that game. I'm going to flip-flop my defense because earlier I actually chose the Kansas City Chiefs. This one, I want to flip-flop it and go with the Green Bay Packers. Why? Because the Green Bay Packers defense has actually been pretty good this season. And to make matters even better, Patrick Mahomes has been almost bad, if not god-awful. Okay, He's thrown numerous interceptions, and he does not look like the same guy. It could very easily be a great day for the packers that's your three lineups we talked about games to stack all that budget guys and it is what it is i'm gonna get out of here i appreciate you guys listening come on back after the game whereas we're gonna talk about some free agency and some draft picks some guys i'm definitely keeping my eye on and so should you heading into the 2022 draft i know it's way too early but it's in reality it's never too early I'm going to get out of here, enjoy the game. We'll catch you all around the band. Remember, like, subscribe, share this to your friends. Make sure all the Bolt fans you know get on the Bolt Rant bandwagon, and we can make the Bolt Rant Nation grow even bigger. Peace out.